Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. What I want to know is, when are we going to get laid? Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia. I just got one question for you. (laughs) Hail. And we have one question for you. What is this movie? This is, of course, The Canon Canon. (sighs) Ah, it's a sire, Happy New people. Year, everyone. Happy New Year. 2023. You know, <laughs> we're the podcast <laughs> where we talk about canon films, all of their amazing output. We're in the year 2023. Yep. And we, well, so we, we've had a couple uh, diversions in what we've been covering for the past couple months. Yeah. And we were like, it's 2023. We got to get back to our beloved canon a little get bit harder. Back to the basics. Yes. And back to the core of the idea of this podcast. Exactly. Covering as many canon films as we can. Because yes. that's also might be the rewording of this. Because so this was, this is our idea. So again, welcome to 2023. Yes. Uh, uh, we welcome appreciate the other side. We we appreciate you coming to the other side with the Cannon Bros. So we wanted to get back in. Frank had the great idea twofold. Of uh, one, he was like, "All right, every time we're trying to come up with a Cannon movie, if we don't have a theme, we end up on this crazy like like search of like, wait, what did we not cover? What did we cover? Why don't we look at our beloved uh, Austin Trunick, good friend of the pod?" Uh, Canon Film Guide Volume 1 and Volume 2. Why aren't we just making a list off of the ones we haven't covered that he has covered? Because yeah. at the very least, we already have the astounding research of Austin Trunick and the astounding insights. And then also, if we say dumb shit, we could just say, go to the book. Maybe yeah. <laughs> he's going to have a better research than we are. <laughs> Absolutely. If we miss anything, buy yeah. his book. Buy the book. You sh- that's always. You should be buying the book if you're listening be. to this podcast. If you're listening to Hot Resort, <laughs> yes. the movie we're covering today, if you're <laughs> actively being like, I'm going to listen to this episode on Hot Resort, yes. then you definitely need to buy those two books. 1,000%. You are you- the audience for it. <laughs> you're like throwing your life away if you aren't buying <laughs> Candid Film Guide Volume 1 and Volume 2. Uh you also are throwing your life away if you're not supporting the Canon Canon through our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon, where it is the best way to support us in doing this insane idea of a podcast. Uh, it, you know, we understand that money is tight for a lot of people, but it, it truly does help justify doing this a little bit more if we can get just like a little bit of coin to help for some of the costs of it and also the time that we do focus on because we do put time into this thing uh and especially now because again we're in 2023 we're going through the ones we haven't hit and one of the reasons we also wanted to do that is you know we me and frank have talked we go in and out every couple months where we'll be like all right what is our list like what? While do we, we're at In and Out, while we go to In and Out, California staple, 
exactly. Uh, we're reading Bible verses to each other from the bottom <laughs> of our cups because <laughs> we are devout men, <laughs> devout to hamburgers uh, and to grilled cheese animal style. Devout to my gout. De- definitely, Frank is devout to his gout. <laughs> He's trying very hard to not be so devout to his gout, but it is a religion for him. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we kind of go in and out of realizing like, oh, wow, we have covered a lot of the biggies. And as we have said before, if you are a, a, a constant listener of the Canon Canon, we always appreciate our listeners, but we also we appreciate especially the ones who listen to episodes like today, which is what more and more of these episodes will be if and when we continue to do this podcast into 2023. Because, yeah. you know, we, so basically we went through, I went through both of the books wrote down every single one, wrote down where you could watch it currently because this shit changes around all the time. All the time. And gotta say, it was both at least about a year's worth of episodes, but also definitely some chunks where it was like, whoo boy. Yeah. We are we are looking down the barrel of a fun gun because it's always fun to talk to my cannon bro, Frank Garcia Hale, about this stuff. But definitely a hard garlock, but you know, we always say we look at the numbers. Sometimes you see those numbers and you sometimes you start an episode and you know, huh. We're not gonna, gonna be a get slim year. Gonna be a little bit of a slim year. Daddy's gonna have to tighten his belt a little bit this year. Uh, <laughs> uh and you know, so we're we're gonna be figuring it out. Uh and one way to help us figure it out is to Support the Patreon. Join the Patreon at any level. You get bonus stuff with that. And the the more people that get in there, the more we would do as well. But, you know, so we're jumping into this. And we also jumped in with Frank's also great idea. It's January. It's chilly wherever you are. So we don't know where to start with this list of canon movies that we have. So let's start with the hot town. Let's let's get it right. Let's get it. Warm me up. Oh, spicy and warm. All the hot heat. Man. And so we've got titles. Yeah, we've got some warm titles. This is warm title January. (laughs) (laughs) Is at the very least. Because that's the other part too. These titles of what we're doing this month, they if if they are making you hot, you might have something wrong with you. And we try not to be judgmental on this podcast, but I, I think also what I realize is like, so what we're covering today is, so if you don't know, and you should know if you have the Canon Film Guide, uh, in 1985, I believe, the, there were two, count them, two Canon films that started with the title Hot, are teen sex comedies, after the fact, and are... Uh-huh. Literally, as far as we can tell, and we will see when we watch the second one as well, the same exact movie. They use the same score, too. Same score, same songs that are already from other canon movies. Yep. Uh, uh, And are uh, essentially, if you look at the log lines, are the same exact movie and are released like four or five months separated from each other. Uh, And so... Would you call these hot flops? These are hot flops. Uh, I mean, that's at least what hot my penis. January. <laughs> at least my penis called it hot flop January. <laughs> uh, because I also realized, like, this, one of the ways that we approach this podcast, um, 
is, you know, I just actually finished Quentin Tarantino's new book, oh, yeah. uh, which I do highly recommend. I think it's a, I, I, I like uh, Tarantino's writing on film. Like, I think like yeah. he basically, he kind of like each chapter is about one movie, but he kind of does what we do a little bit where it's like, it's more about his experience of where, when he saw it then, when he saw it now, because his memory, you know, is so yeah. strong for all this stuff. He can pull together. Uh, yeah. Surprise. Uh, he can pull together a billion references alienating through specificity. Uh, uh, but like of like, and this actor who you've never heard of reminded me of these four other actors you've never heard of, but he does a good job of being like, all right, this is a chapter about Stallone's Paradise Alley. Right. It will be about that movie, but it also will touch upon the entire Rocky career, his career as a whole, uh, uh, Rolling Thunder chapter. I mean, that was nice. near and dear to my heart in there. But like Dirty Harry is, yes, about Dirty Harry, but also about the history of that certain age of actor and tough guy actor. So goes into what was going on with Bronson. And what was yeah. going on with the Death Wish series and not his Bronson Pinchot, though, not not our beloved in this movie, Bronson Pinchot, but about what he calls revenge matic movies. Um, oh, wow. So we able to kind of talk somewhat about little subgenres and also make crazy Tarantino statements like Kinjate is my favorite Charles Bronson canon movie. And I was wow. like, of course it is. Yeah. But I was like, OK, so we're going to be today. We're covering Hot Resort. Next episode, we're doing Hot Chili, which is uh, not the sequel, just another hot movie. But I think it will be our first real foray, I realize, into kind of talking about uh, a little bit, at least about like teen sex comedies. Because we haven't yes. done uh, Last American Virgin or Lemon Popsicle. No. Yet, and the which is kind of connected. Was that weird movie where it combined the action and uh, where it was it was like a teen sex comedy combined with the action movie? Remember uh, the one that we had Marcy on for? Uh, oh, uh, Young Warriors. Yeah, Young Warriors. Yes, that which was is probably the closest we got to like. Yeah, which is weird. It. I was like rethinking. I need to like think. I need to rewatch Young Warriors, like because I don't remember. No any of it but <laughs> no. I, that's the thing is i don't i know what i really want to rewatch is dangerously close oh okay uh, yes i thought you were gonna say just the library scene uh yes that's <laughs> to see that well. nerd go Ooh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which you get a lot of in hot resort but yeah it's like but also hot chili like <sighs> there's nothing uh sexy about when i think hot chili i just think of uh diarrhea so well because you're a texas boy too so you're thinking oh, like i, I oh. know about the frito pie shits man <laughs> you're picturing a nerd dumping frito pie all over a buxom blonde woman as uh, a scene yeah. in hot chili which she probably could be a dallas cowboys cheerleader exactly <laughs> so yeah, I, I so suffice it to say, this is also so. This is a movie that we'll put it up on our socials uh, <laughs> right now. I think you can only watch it on a YouTube link. I think so. Uh, again, this is what it we're talking about. It's not. This, comes this out. is one. This goes in my list. Yeah, by the no, time but it I comes out. By the time yes. this comes out. <laughs> yes, someone might have bought a weird package of <laughs> twenty bullshit canon movies. <laughs> um. And uh, 
so yeah, and I think this one was uh, direct to video as well. Anyways, this one didn't even have a theatrical release. Um, oh, uh, and again, always you can go to Canon Film Guide to double check any of our facts here. Uh, so suffice it to say, never watch this movie. Um, maybe the box looked semi-familiar. It did to me. Yeah, but it's also hard to tell because... It looks like so many others. Looks like so many others. Like, it's like, you know, the cover I'm picturing has, you know, Hot Resort is a pretty cool logo. I will give it that. It looks like a fun 80s logo. And it is a topless woman laying on a floaty in a pool. Yeah. And three nondescript... Which is odd, too. I think it's Got three, it. and there's four guys in the movie. <laughs> but apparently, they didn't want to have the, quote-unquote, fat one in there, maybe. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That wouldn't sell the movie. No. Unless you got Steven first, it ain't selling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and it's just pretty nondescript. So, I've certainly never seen it. Uh, before we get into the facts that you've got, I do. I think this is kind of where we can touch upon it, and then we can also... We'll get into it more as we kind of talk about it because I'm interested also to see how much this is definitely one where I was like, will we have like a 40 minute episode or have to cut ourselves off? Yeah. Because like at a certain point, I was like, what am I writing notes for? Like I thought the same exact this isn't a movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're it's again- a string of things that happen. And, you know, like I, I was reading the IMDb comments and it's like a lot of it is, of course, this is what the whole crux of canon is yep. where people are like, oh my God, I remember seeing this when I was 10. Yeah. This is great. And it's like, yeah, because you were a young boy yeah. watching boobs yeah. on cable. And of course you have a soft spot in your, your so if you're, yeah, if soft you're spot in your people, penis. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, we get it. We've been there. We, yeah. we, ha- we still are there in cer- certain cases, but you're probably not gonna like this episode because we we got some things to say. Yeah, and I, and I also think if one if you're somehow coming to this for the first time because you are a hot resort slash sex comedy aficionado and this is the first time you're dipping in, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Part of what we do here is to weed through what is nostalgia and what is uh uh great movie making like and cinema. what is the in between what is cinema what is film because even like i was talking to one of my uh one of my kids like one of the parents with the kid uh at like an event i was at this weekend and the canon canon came up and he's like wait what were the canon movies oh, and yeah. then he's like but he knew them all which also fun because he's swiss so he knew them from like video and the, i was like oh yeah you're you got german stuff you would have had the hbo canon deal yeah. <laughs> like uh but he was like he knew them all but he also was like i haven't seen that since i was a kid like he knew to reference delta force and i'm like yeah me and frank are the ones who have been like we've watched it like somehow eight times some of yeah. these movies because like <laughs> it was a level of like wait what is invasion usa and i'm like oh let me explain oh, invasion usa to you tell you but uh yeah part of our goal is to weed through nostalgia for ourselves as well because like i i as we get older i have less of a need for nostalgia watches uh yeah. as we've talked about there's just too much to watch that like I and, and I'm fine with some that I watch. I'm like, this is a terrible movie, but I just like it for nostalgia. I like finding when I like it for nostalgia and because I still enjoy it as a 44 year old man. 
when it comes to sex comedies, this <laughs> kind of specific style of like teen sex comedy, breast comedies, yeah. soft comedies is another one I think we have talked about. We've called it before. Yeah, no, you you you've uh, labeled it jokes. Yes, it's or definitely joke. joke. You know, like yeah, where it's got a huge question mark behind yes. it. Yes, uh, I mean, what uh, we've talked about a little bit before, but again, we haven't gotten into this. Like, what did you did you really like beyond like when you're a kid and there's like the little bit of titillating aspect of it? Like, did you watch many of these as a kid? Do you remember? Sort of like I think I I thought they were like naughty to watch, you know. Right. And it but and it was like whoa. I mean cuz I don't know, but I didn't like I didn't seek them out or anything. Yeah. Like I was they weren't like I I love this movie because of the nudity. You know like nothing yeah. like that. I just realized I cuz I think like recently like I was going to buy that book that was like and you've heard me talk about this and dealt with my, you know, sidetracks I go with movie watching where like I was going to buy that history of like teen sex comedies just to, like understand that genre. But every once in a while, I'll go down a subgenre hole and be like, maybe I don't need to know everything about non-sploitation movies or maybe I don't need to know everything about Nazi exploitation movies. Like I saw Ilsa Shewell for the SS. Like I don't need to see many more. They're just not like I get it. They're just not they don't work for me. Uh, and like, I was like in that mode where I was like, maybe I'll rewatch these classics of teen sex comedy and see if there's anything there. It's honestly, it's like when I like, uh, in a different way somewhat, but like when I'll like go through the Wyndham Hill discography to see like, (laughs) is this just boring new age or like something super interesting? Yeah. And pretty quickly I had told you when I like watch Porky's, I know people will be like, and that was a classic. I was like, nah, what? what do I need this for in my life? Like, it's not, there's not enough in it that's titillating enough, which always seems to be the case with these. Like, where you're almost just like, why wouldn't I, at this point especially, I'm like, why wouldn't I just watch at least a softcore porn, if not a porno? (laughs) Jeff, I can explain it. Please. When these movies came out, it was like water in a desert. (laughs) It's true. Now... Click of our phone. Drowning. Uh, a, a search, you know, a couple of seconds. We have every single porn thing you can think of. Trying to find your friend on Instagram, but instead Instagram suggesting like 50 gigantically breast women or just the crummiest, grossest dudes talking to porn stars on some terrible podcast. Well, <laughs> Jeff, uh, those things are catered uh, to your... Uh, likes and what you uh, <laughs> I know they sell I know your data so that's uh targeted sir. I know uh, <laughs> <laughs> it truly is and I'm well aware like I you know <laughs> um but I also am aware that with the target it'll be like I get so I, we've talked about before I get so screwed by my friend Matt and Pete because we will like fuck oh. with each other by yeah. sending things and then all oh, of a yeah, sudden no. it's like oh god damn it why am I getting so much punk rock factory <laughs> Yeah, like, um, <laughs> but no, I agree. There, it it it's like when there was no water, but I think we've talked about it too, uh, slightly before. Like, as being comedy nerds, and I don't think this is revisionist. Like, pretty early on, I was like, not worth the squeeze on my penis. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where I was yeah, just yeah. like, it wasn't. The jokes were so offensively non 
aggressively not funny, like in word jokes that you would just be like delivered like Ugh. they're supposed that's that whole like smart aleck 80s thing that i yeah. can't fucking stand now where it's just like the super smart alecky unless you're you're a talent like gutenberg of that time where you can deliver it and it's like oh yeah that that feels natural but all of this is so like hey like it's 80s stand-up where like i just got one question for you and that extremely racist yeah fey ray comment Yes. That he makes to the manager. Where it's like you're you're calling him King Kong, which yeah. is insanely racist. I I just like whatever. You know, there were know a couple the there were a couple the time, but it's even for the time, it's like what even the for the time you could tell that was Candid's version of and and maybe also going through the lens too of like who wrote and just like maybe culturally like just a di- like but like it, it there were definitely some gasping ones in this. Like I mean I guess like Look, if I if I had to do a quick burst through of uh like the the classic teen sex comedies, I would be like Porky's when I rewatched it, I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize most of this was about like anti-semitism." <laughs> like yeah. and and not like just like making anti-semitic jokes, but like trying to actually explore racism and anti-semitism in 1950s Florida, where I was like, "Oh, I remembered Porky's 2 the next day where it's mostly just breasts. Yeah. And that is the closest, I think, to like, oh, little Jeff was like, ee, my penis. Um, <laughs> Police Academy movies were uh, legitimately funny uh-huh. and still are kind of legitimately funny. And the goot is charming. Us on that, but... <laughs> yeah, but there's some stuff in there that is just like good and... You can't tell me you're not gonna crack a little smirk when you see sweet chucks. Oh my god! It, it like it is. Uh, it, the police cavalry series ain't that bad, and like, and uh, I appreciate that they become more kid like and less uh, just like fucking blowjob under the podium jokes. Right. Um. Uh. And Leslie Easterbrook is stunning. Like she's yeah. just like she is a early phantom tingle along with kim cattrall and mannequin but that's the other part too like in my mind i'm like or i could just watch mannequin which was actually pretty good like you know uh and then uh because it's a time uh aside from uh you know lamar's homophobic character and the statutory or not the statutory the uh the rape scene essentially in revenge of the nerds yeah Revenge of Nerds is a funny movie. Like right. the structure, what like it's like it, you know, and and that's why though I'll go to Revenge of Nerds too, Nerds in Paradise, <laughs> because as I've also said, I had an early crush on Courtney Thorne Smith in that. Um, right. But also Booger is over the top with James Hong as his guru, <laughs> uh-huh. so you get that element. And then other than that, it just wasn't my thing. Like, I, yeah. I think I just, you know, I will also say, we've talked about it, my dad had a uh, unscrambling box that he got from the back of radio uh, from Rolling Stone. Yeah. So, you know, we had the Spice Channel early on. I could find that. Uh, yeah. But I also think, like, honestly, like, I may be a man that was uncomfortable with sex when I was a child. Uh, well, I grew up Catholic, so you know I definitely was. Yeah, a exactly. lot of shame that I still have to work through. <laughs> right. Shame is a big chunk. And so, like, and I never understood. That was the other part, too, is, like, if you're renting with friends, 
I had no interest. Like anyone who has stories about like, I was like, I rented a porn with my friends. Like I'm always like, nah, one time my best friend wanted to watch. Uh, he had a Playboy subscription because his dad was that kind of dad and got him the Playboy subscription literally for the articles, but because, and, and my best friend is like my dad, he'll like pull out articles and be like, you should read this Ben Stiller interview. It's quite intriguing. (laughs) Um, but he got some fucking Playboy video that came and he's like, we should watch this. And pretty quickly I was like, what are we doing? (laughs) I don't want to get a boner around these bozos why can't we watch the burbs instead or go fucking (laughs) buy records um so yeah i mean so i i think both of us like don't have a high threshold for nostalgia with it and especially that we have become uh professional comedians and comedic writers and teachers yeah is real hard to watch bad jokes it's hard enough to be the person who like has to be like, I, I get annoyed. I like Ryan Reynolds, like because he <laughs> yeah. delivers jokes sometimes in the same way, yeah, as a teen sex comedy mm-hmm. where you're like joke. <laughs> um, you're like, well, he knows how to deliver it. He's entertaining. He's charming. Yeah, but and so that's the other part. That's a big chunk of this movie. Is like some of the ones I named, uh, movie wise, is what you said. The Goot is, uh, you can't deny how charming he is. Goots is the Gutenbergs. Yes. Goody, goody. Yeah. I mean, uh, Curtis Armstrong to me is yeah. charming. Like David yeah. Carradine is well, charming. Because, you know why? Because they're very distinct actors, character yeah. actors too. They, they, they have a handle on what makes their character funny and literally any of those characters, even though they're st- supposed to be playing an archetype of like, quote unquote, the fat guy, the yep. nerdy guy, yep. like they're all interchangeable. Any of the dialogue could belong to any one of those dudes and we wouldn't know the difference. It's what speaks to, you know, a, not that I want to sit spending too much time like defending the character of Lamar. I think is his character's name in Revenge of the Nerds, but also like that actor's pretty damn good. Like yeah, for bi- and, and and I forgot I saw him. I just watched Iron Eagle for the first time. I've never watched Iron Eagle, which is insane because it felt like a canon movie. Uh, 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 but he's in it too, along with the guy who plays Styles in Teen Wolf, and, right? And uh, Melora Hardin is the love interest. Oh, wow. oh that's right. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird to see her in early movies. Like what? Uh, what was the one we? What was it? Um, wait, Lombada. which one was it? She's in Lombada. Lombada. That's yeah. Right. That's yeah. A more fun one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The more fun one than the Forbidden Dance. Not trying to push saving the Earth in the most clunky way possible on us. Um. So yeah, but yeah, the, the hot resort is just full of the most boring stereotype characters. That are also not played very well, uh, and yeah. and and so it has bef- the energy of an uncommitted improv show. So here's the other thing I was thinking about, and I know that how the Candy Can episodes often go is like, especially me, like Garlock will watch something two nights before, and that becomes part of his fucking diatribe. But I did finally watch Christmas, Bloody Christmas, Christmas uh, yeah. Violet, yeah. Uh, 
Look, one of the Santa movie, the the one that's on Shutter. Yes, uh, Joe Vegas. Did not care for it. Uh, you oh, warned really? me. Even, the... even the, well, here's part. I not worth the not worth the squeeze again. Like not like <laughs> good enough. But I might have fallen asleep a couple times and not caring that much that I did. Um, I did like it. What you warned me, you said that first half hour is going to be really fucking painful. Yeah, and it was. Uh, and then after that. It did get better, but I still was, like, getting frustrated enough. Like, I was just like, oh, weirdly, like, this point of view thing with the Santa doesn't work so well. Like, I can't see what's going on. Oh, like, right. And then in the morning, Christy had left. Like, I think I told you, like, halfway through the movie, she just yeah. got up and she just went, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> it was out of there. But she, in the morning, was like, why was it so grainy? And I was like, I think they were going for something, but it felt like when you, like... The type of grain when you like get a horror movie that's only available to order from like a catalog, like on VHS right. from like Harriet Carter or something. <laughs> well, like I think they purposely uh, shot it on. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was. It feels the, like the they shot it purposely on DVX, like 100 cameras where the grain would be before it got HD. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I, and so why I was thinking oh, the soundtrack's great though, Steve Moore. Yeah good friend i i always feel bad like i you know i thought vfw is the one that had the most promise out of the bezos movies jeff bezos i really like bliss that's the one i need to watch because that's the only one i haven't watched i remember you saying that you liked it i liked Um, bliss a lot and the soundtrack to that is fucking awesome because the mind's eye is what made me and uh friend of the pod noah segan first talk because he was in that when i first moved to california we ran into our friend allison who's uh her uh that's her husband but i was like do you have a copy of this movie (laughs) like i only own the soundtrack and i think he didn't at that point um but why i bring that up is one of the reasons the beginning is so painful, as uh, BNS about movies said in his review, is it feels like a Rob Zombie clone where like everyone talks exactly the same and you're like, why are they all like the worst people in the world? The first half of especially uh, that movie felt like how this also felt in a different way where I was like, are they improvising poorly? Where like in the case of Christmas, bloody Christmas or whatever, like it was like just way too much swearing. And I was like, I know that type of swearing. I do that when I'm improvising and I'm stuck on where to go next. Like <laughs> fucking, fucking, yeah. uh, uh, uh fucking, like, I don't fucking know. Uh, fuck. It's, yeah. I mean, also for me, it was more of the, this is becoming a, uh, podcast about this movie. Yes. No, but I, I mean, I, 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 I liked the second and third acts. Uh-huh. I, I, I found it very entertaining, and I, I was into it. I like Joe Bagos uh, movies, but I, um, that first half, I can't stand like improvised flirting. Ugh, the worst. When it's like that kind of like teasy negging, yeah, kind of flirty, but you're improvising, and it's supposed to be like, and if the, there's no chemistry there, it can feel a little like, yeah painful and i don't mind like a scene or two of it but it went on for so long like like a half hour half of the movie (laughs) yeah and then the kills start happening i'm like okay here i go finally like i'm on board yes and then like the term well i guess i don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen it but let's just say i appreciated steve had nods to brad fidel terminator music yes exactly Um, that's what i mean i think i'll I'll say i mean like 
the soundtracks of those movies, he's he's done such a good job curating, yeah, you know, uh, the score and the soundtrack for the bands that are on there too. Like it all sounds. He's really good at like putting a a good like metal or doom metal song in the background. Sure, like he had Earthless that fills up for this the space. Yeah, that like but, sounds so cool. Where you're like, oh, I want to be in there listening yeah. to that. But if you have an actor who's like talking about the Bad Religion Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> for too long and again you know i know the guy's a metal director and then i'm sitting there being my pain in the ass self from like she has a cephalic carnage and repulsion patch but she's talking about this other bands like what exactly is going on with this logic either way why i wanted to bring that up though was just like it reminded me like as soon like i went from watching that to watching hot resort immediately after <laughs> That was my double feature. And it was just like a barrage of improvised dialogue. And in the case of that, it was like, there's nothing worse than improvised flirting. Oh, wait. Improvised trying to be funny. Stand up. Like, basically, that's all stand up jokes. It felt like a bunch of bad stand ups, like you said, a bunch of 80s stand ups. Yeah. uh, Who were doing a, especially because for some reason they all were from. Uh, the east side, the lower east side. Yeah. So they all were like almost every character's doing a like uh, Z level Andrew Dice Clay, like yeah. or mixed with just like uh, kind of the guys from Porky's. I really like like the like even though it's from Florida, this kind of like just like general Italian guy thing, yeah. which just didn't make sense for almost any of the characters. Um. Do we have hey, any? Weren't you the creature from the Black Lagoon? <laughs> like kind of jokes like that. Where you're yes. like, what? Yes. Uh, the jokes you only tolerate because the guy might punch you at a bar. Right. Like, yes. You know what I mean? You're like, that was terrible, but I ain't saying nothing. It's All a right. whole movie of that. Uh, I mean, quickly, because we don't need to go so far into it. What are our no. facts on these? I mean, I, I wrote down Hot Resort came out in January 1985. No budget, uh, no gross. I will point out, though, in Argentina, it's called Hotel Caliente, so Ooh. I like that. Uh, directed by John Robbins, who wrote Death Ship, Kids Incorporated, the beginning. And uh, this movie, he uh, directed a ton of TV, like Benny Hill, One yeah. Day at a Time, Fish, 9 to 5, the TV, and uh, also uh, Amen, Charles in Charge, The Munsters Today. A lot of my faves, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> And written by John Robbins, of course, uh, Boaz Davidson, who wrote Lemon Popsicle, Salsa, yep. Delta Force 3, Norman Hudis, uh, who wrote Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and wrote for Chip, Simon and Simon, and some random cartoons. Uh, top 10 movies of, of 1985. We're going to go back in time. <laughs> back to the Future, Beverly Hills Cop, Rambo First Blood Part 2, Rocky Four. Cocoon, Witness, The Goonies, Police Academy 2, their first assignment, Fletch, and A View to uh, Kill. And I think you already answered. Never appeared. <laughs> yeah, never, nowhere near it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Marcy Walker, who is in this, the, you know, they talk, all the things that you read about being like, this is her debut and stuff, because she was famous for all my children and yep. whatever. But, like, apparently now... She runs a um, youth ministry. Oh God. Yes, a youth ministry. Yeah. 
I mentioned that to my wife, and she's like, probably because of being so objectified on Hot Resort. She wanted to, like, change her life. <laughs> yeah, and she was engaged to Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. Uh, Pinchot uh, yeah. shortly after this film. And uh, let's see here. There was something else I oh, wanted to say. Also, the couple, the, the main guy who wants to get with the main girl is trying to be, like, chased. They, I think yes. they end up getting married as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so we had some love connections on hey, Hot Resort. It's, it was all meant to be, okay? Maybe the movie didn't do so hot, but you know, for these couples, it, it did wonders. Yes. Um, uh, oh, and also the, the guy who plays Kenny, the nerdy one, with the glasses is the only reason yeah. he's really nerdy. I think he went on, he, I think it might be his only movie acting, but he wrote two canon movies. Oh really? Um, like I think one, yeah, like, two of the like kid Shane ones. Like Black and Predator. Yes, he might have written like Snow White or so. I can't remember exactly which ones he wrote, um, huh. but I think two of the kids ones. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the part. Like, Frank Gorshin, the fucking dude. Riddler. <laughs> all right, so yeah, so we should go briefly through this cast because we've talked about some of it. Like yeah. we have all those people. And then, so we, uh, you know, this is one of the reasons I was happy. We started with this one because it came out a couple months before Hot Chili. Uh, yeah. So it it had, you mentioned Marcy Walker. Um, Bronson Pinchot is in there. This is pre-Balky. This is like right before he's about to start. Because that's the other part that does get kind of pointed out by, that's I mean, it's like. before Beverly Hills Cop? It might be. Is this Beverly Hills Cop 2 is coming out this year? Who knows when in, they shot it, though, you know, like. Uh, yeah, because he was in Beverly Hills Cup. Yeah, but that wouldn't have one. been. I mean, because like you know, Balky obviously is where it's like this is your career now for a while. Yeah, versus like it's just a role that was a little bit more of a breakout um, for him. This is certainly pre Langoliers. Yeah, I think Beverly Hills Cop was eighty four. Yeah. Uh, so, oh my God. Yeah. So, oh, that sucks to go from like where they're like, who's that guy? Well, you know what the crazy part is, too? I'm say- sitting here, but I'm, like, not really thinking through. Like, he was a working actor. Like, I yeah. think that's the deal. Like, this is exactly the part where it's, like, he's in a lot of movies at this point that became classics. Right. Uh, oh, like Risky Business. We could almost put that into teen sex comedy, but not really. Yeah, like, it's different. It's And it is it a great... a darker side yeah. of it. Yeah, like and that. I love Risky Business. I was just Me talking too. about that. Like... I, I, I was amazed that, like, the scene with the sunglasses is the most annoying scene in the movie. Yes. Um, but he was in Risky Business, Beverly and that was 83. Beverly Hills Cop, 84. After Hours in 85. Oh, I love uh, After Hours. I love After Hours so much. But, like, this is all the point where it's like, man, he's in everything, but it's like, when's the last thing, like, when's the last time he got paid? Like, he's working. He's just, yeah. he's doing what we all are doing. He's like, and so yeah. this was probably, I mean, it's also, it's canon, it's they're talking enough of a good game. You get to go to St. Kitts. Like, and it's and you know, it, you're just like it's a, just another gig. Uh <laughs> but it is also weird. It's kind of pointed out by Austin that like it's also slightly after like we we're in Police Academy 2 territory at that point. Yeah. We're kind of out of there, but we're out of the sex comedy realms. Like where it's like even a little bit after the fact. There's like the glut of all of these. But as Austin points out, it's like we've started to shift over or we already have to the John Hughes, like more of a like a heartfelt, like, you know, reevaluate like ourselves, like existentially, like the deeper ones that are st- like kind yeah. of related. 
And so that's the weird part too, is like you watch it and it does feel a little like out of time. Like it's unclear when it's made, what it's supposed to be. Um, (laughs) So yeah, you've got Bronson Pinchot. And if you're excited about Bronson Pinchot uh, being in there, Pinchot, it's amazing that he was one of my favorite actors and I really don't know how to pronounce his name. Tomato, tomato. Exactly. Um, You've got, as you said, uh, Frank Corshin, the Riddler. The Riddler. His role is so confusing. Like, do you, one, well, he plays, he's supposed to be, he's at the resort. Because how the tone of this movie is, is unclear. It's basically like, it's a St. Kitts resort. A bunch of guys are brought in. They seem to only hire the worst idiots from the Lower East Side who don't know how to work in a resort and they bring in a guy who's going to be like a a military guy to get their asses in gear and sometimes the resort is also full of horny people but sometimes not and so frank gorshin plays a guy who won a game show so he has a lot of money but he's there with his wife who kind of is horny and maybe the game of Frank Gorshin is that he doesn't want to have sex with his wife in an Al Bundy way. It's yeah, and he's got a Confederate flag. He's got uh, a blanket. Conf- <laughs> yes, that was like by the pool. Yeah, and he's and he's he's covered in like safari gear and and suntan lotion on his nose, zinc oxide. But he also his wife is horny and keeps wanting to go back up to the room. But I also say keeps because. I want to say it's only two scenes with Frank Gorshin, so not enough to establish a pattern. Yeah, and I in the second, yeah, in the second scene, his main thing is his wife wants to go back upstairs to fuck, but he needs his coffee. But instead, he gets distracted giving the fat guy, who we'll talk about in a second, uh, oh, yeah. sex advice. But it's unclear why he's giving sex advice. I think and he's. That's it. On him. That's it's unclear if he's picking on him. Yeah, but then also, is Frank Gorshin himself drunk in the swoopy? Do you think? I guarantee he definitely. <laughs> they were like, Frank, it's great to have you on set. We're excited. We love the Riddler, and he's like, Get the fuck out of my face and give me my whiskey. Where's my goddamn whiskey? He seems hammered. You, you, you expect me to believe that this guy isn't going to fuck this hot piece of ass right here. <laughs> like, what? I mean, speaking of improvising, it, that's why he feels like he's drunk improvising. Like, oh, yeah. and, and we talked about it on text, too. Like, most of the movie feels like the editor fell asleep and they didn't yeah, do a second the pass. Movie and they're just like, this is good enough. Where editors like, I guess I'll leave this in. Or just kind of like they were doing, an, they were trying to edit another movie at the same time. And they had to do this on like their spare, like their yeah. lunch hour. Because it doesn't, it feels <laughs> like. probably they, was the case. Yeah. Because it feels like they left like tail ends in. And like that, like you're like, this scene should have ended like five seconds ago. Yeah. But, why are we starting? <laughs> and again, going off of how I am, I just watched it. But I just watched Rad. For the first time, oh, yeah. uh, which I love. I, it was fun, but I didn't realize it was directed by Hal Needham, who's the guy who directed Cannonball Run and was uh-huh. like the stunt director who like, like you know, uh, 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 what's his name? Loved Burt Reynolds. But watching Rad, there's definitely big sections where it's like, 
this would work if you had the charm of Bert, but like everyone's a little tired and slow. So you're like, you needed to pick up the pace on some of this. Same with Hot Resort. Uh, and so, yeah, Frank Gorshin's in there. He's maybe only in two scenes. That's supposed to be your big draw. Is that Frank? And oh, he's also credited as Mr. Frank Gorshin. Yeah. <laughs> it also credits. feels like. Nobody rehearsed ahead of time. Oh, God, no. They were like, you got the lines? And they're like, all right, let's go. And people are trying to remember their lines and get the pacing. And then they only did two takes. And they're like, let's go. Yes. Uh, That's what it felt like to me. Most of it, it does feel that way. And and the, and it, you can almost feel the actors being like, is there a plot to this movie? Because, yeah. by the way, that's the other part, too. There isn't really a plot to this movie. No. They kind of shove in... A slobs versus snobs because they they're all talk like this. <laughs> none they of them the rich voice. None of them Boy. are great at keeping the rich voice going. Oh, oh. <laughs> and they have like the like jutted jaw. There's a rowing team. Boy. At, <laughs> there's a rowing team at the resort who's there for a soup commercial shoot. <laughs> I. And then yeah. at some point, the soup right company... Right what you know, Jeff. Right what you know. It is right what you know, and I know soup, <laughs> baby. Um, uh, did Juan Nicolan help write this? Man loves soup. So. Um, and so uh, and so halfway, like not even three quarters of the way through, all of a sudden, they're just... The soup company is like, we need also to have another crew. And they're like, where are we going to get another crew? Let's get the slobs. But it doesn't matter. There's no stakes to like, it's not like one crazy summer where it's like, I need to get this money to get the house sort of thing. Dude, I was thinking about this movie so much because of the boat racing aspect or whatever, but also it did feel like, oh, especially at the end, it felt like it was like, oh, this is trying to be savage Steve Holland Yeah, with not just, I mean, whatever, we're going to jump around, but like the old (laughs) man with with his wife (laughs) gave her that that nightgown with the target on its back and he has a Gatlin gun. I don't know what the, fu- I'm not a gun nut, but like, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? He's going to destroy his wife with a military grade weapon. Cause he can't stand her. I don't, the lady who's, I, she might be in Christmas vacation, but she's another star where she was a voice of Betty boop. Uh, oh. Like the original Betty Boop, like, and that's why her voice has. She might be in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, the one who like sings wraps the, the cat. Uh, yeah, the Pledge yes. of Allegiance. Yeah, yes, exactly for her for no, the prayer. Grace the blessing. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. Um, that uh, was great. So yeah, it it and so plot. It's unclear. That's why we're jumping around. And I'm not gonna lie, people. I told Frank this. I might have started skimming through this YouTube link because. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be missing much. Well, um, I I watched the whole thing, even the credits. Wow, as you sure do, man, that, you are a glutton. Because you told me that, and I was like, I'll make sure that I. Even then, I was like, uh, I okay, Jeff. So uh-huh. I started watching this sober. Yeah, and I was like, I, I can't do this. I gotta. <laughs> so I I lit up. I would say maybe there was forty minutes left. Of the movie, and I fell asleep. I nodded off. Yeah. And then I had to wake up this morning early, ask my wife if she could take our daughter to school. 
so I could finish <laughs> Hot Resort. And people, that's why you need to sign up for our Patreon. We are currently Sorry, sometimes... dear. I know you have two jobs, but uh, uh, I got to finish Hot Resort. I need to watch Hot Resort with Dan Schneider. We'll get to Oof. him in a second. But so, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I there's credits when the I'm amazed you sat through the credits because it looked like when you're watching public access and credits yes. start rolling up at the end. Um, uh, so, yeah. So other stars in this, the fat guy, because there's a fat guy in both of these who it's unclear and maybe you can clear up what his game is, and his game might be what is the actor's personality. So it's played by Dan Schneider, who at one point in your life, you would have been like, oh, it's the guy from Head of the Class. Right. That's what I knew him from. He's the he's like the, one of the nerds. He's a computer yeah. guy. He always has his legs up and his keyboard on his lap. That's how yeah. I pictured. And honestly, every time I write like that in my house, I picture Head of the Class. Right. I didn't realize he became a Nickelodeon magnate, yep. like a, a empresaria, a a a someone to all bow that. down to. All that, yeah. iCarly, maybe iCarly, uh, uh, Henry Danger, yeah, uh, all the stuff that's like after our time, yeah, like by a couple of years, but like did not realize and did not realize that until it was pointed out by you know lawsuits that he is also like a sexual monster he's he, alleged creep yeah uh, but the thing he was mostly it was because of his temper issues and temper yeah and temper but also he was like posting pictures of uh young stars feet like there was uh, some feats, grooming feet. Again, on, you want to worry yeah. about some grooming. There was some action. Like, he was the child Harvey Weinstein, like, sort of uh, element. Like, yeah. in that, like, he it's asked like. for massages from coworkers. All that was, type of shit. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of articles on it. So, the fact that he, like, it's seemingly his role is to be smarmy, is what his jokes are. Like, when he tells a joke, like, it's just, like, kind of smarmy. And then, aggressively violently sexual like which doesn't also, even uh, make sense and then when he actually gets accosted for whatever reason just to be like i'm so horny and you got what i need right is he racist is that why he's like being like no even though like it's like smoking hot woman and he's right. like no and it's like what what uh, what is your that that's with all the dudes too because was it supposed to show like they're all talking no game that's it's unclear i mean like can happen in a canon film but happens definitely in this a lot and makes it painful yeah because they're not anyone's a character i agree like it's unclear if it's supposed to be a thing because when you mention that king kong line yeah uh, because of course the guy who's like whipping them into shape is african-american and so like they have a terribly racist line but it's also that time and era where you're like, did they even realize that was racist or not? It's unclear because this movie is so unclear. So then when it gets to that character and yeah, he like at one point kind of hits on the mate or she does. I don't even remember. And then a long time happens and then she's horny and she wants to have sex with him. Yeah. She gets it naked is, immediately and rides yeah, on him. It, it, and she turns the vacuum on so her boss can't hear it. <laughs> is unclear if it's supposed to be that he's all talk and no game 
that he's a racist. But then he's hooking up with other staff because you find out later that he like, oh, and then I slept with this right. person and this. So Makes it's, no it's, sense. None of them are clear. And then all of a sudden he's like, the, the main guy is like flirting with that one girl that he meets, uh, that one woman he meets at that party. And then she takes off her top and he's like, no, let me take you to our place. And then, so yeah. then he's like. It's also, I will say, uh, it was uh, partly it was that we were watching a dirty YouTube uh, and that I also wasn't paying yeah. that much attention at a certain point because I was just kind of <laughs> like losing it. It was hard to follow which blonde actress was which. Yes. Yes. Because a couple of it. Uh, oh, so just to quickly, it kind of connects to this. It does connect to this. So I want to find. Maybe I can find the quote while I'm talking, but like one of the scenes with Frank Gorshin, that's one of the ones that there are maybe besides the racism lines, which disturbed me in a in kind of a deep way. Like I was like, oh, these are really rough. Um, yeah. There were a couple scenes that really disturbed me. Um, uh, one was with Dan Schneider and it was one of the two scenes with Frank Gorshin. And it's when Frank Gorshin is maybe fucking with them and giving him advice yeah, and he tells him go over to that blonde actress, who maybe is the blonde actress who is always uh, uh, asking for room service and then wants something else, or it's a different one. I'm not sure. Yeah, but Frank Gorshin suggests, uh, ask her to go to the movies, and if she says no, then say, well, I guess a blowjob would really be out of the question then. And his wife's like, why are you hurting him? Let me give you the full rundown of this terrible section because I was like, whoa. And especially knowing Dan Schneider now. He goes up to this woman whose actress, the, the, the character's name is Jane. I suppose you'd like to go to the movies tonight. Oh, fuck off. Well, I guess a blowjob would really be out of the question then. Even that he says aggressively. Not necessarily. She's on board. This is yeah. a teen sex movie. For some reason, she's on board. Makes no sense. His response, oh, yeah? So do you like what? swallow it or spit it out you know fuck yeah, you start- and then to that fuck me well that's kind of what i had in mind you know which way do you like it because i got the people's almanac and it lists the six most favorite popular positions with women especially women like you i can tell because you have that kind of body have you been with a woman yes like all of that is i'm not a- adding the aggressiveness it comes no, out he's that like way. yeah is it like supposed to be like uh, the the game or whatever where he is like trying to be a piece of shit so that she could be like ew because he knows it works he's neg- I, don't- I don't know and it's uncomfortable and not yeah. funny and r- truly so it was that scene really I was like I don't like this movie in a different way yeah. than I thought I wouldn't like it there's I also the other one and maybe you can help me to not like it but not feel like it was more questionable than I thought it was because. Look, this was a YouTube link. Closed captions were generated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could not figure out what was going on in this one scene. I think it's Kenny, the nerd one. Yes. Is bringing coffee to the woman who keeps getting uh, room service. Okay. This. So maybe yeah. you can sum it up. Or help me with what I couldn't tell. He he goes in. He's got coffee. He hears groaning noises like he's going to walk into an orgy. He yeah. ends up in what is a closet with a curtain. He pulls the curtain back. And so she's in there, which also weirdly, I was like, this is maybe our first topless scene. 
Yeah. After a surprisingly long time for being like what the whole point of this movie is, is uh, supposed to be topless people. Uh, he opens the curtain. She's in there topless with a bunch of guys holding her up. But yeah. it looks like they've assaulted her. To she's me. All, she looks drugged. She, <laughs> like She looks drugged. And I was like, oh. And God I didn't recognize them necessarily. Like if I was like, They're are we supposed random to... guys? See, this and, is like, and his reaction is, I've only got coffee for one. Joke. But then someone says something right after. Yeah, he goes, but we, but we ordered tea for eight. Oh God, Frank! I mean, truly, it doesn't make it better. No, but but at least I was I had to watch that scene like five times, which made it worse. But because I for the life of me could not figure out because it sounds like I only brought coffee for one. I was saying, wait, wait, it's a little bit like this is a cocaine in the car that commercial we always talk yeah. about. I could not for life me. Okay, yeah. So that's also the type of jokes in this. If you were upset about the Revenge of the Nerd scene, which is upsetting, yeah, times it by a thousand for this movie. <laughs> this is the kind of movie where I'm like, I think about with these t- kind of like 80s teen sex comedies, I feel bad. And, you know, I, I'm... I'm assuming, and that's not to say that this was the experience, but I can only imagine, based off of what I've heard from our friends in the industry, yeah. of like how uncomfortable these women are being on set with so many like dudes who are trying to act horny, who probably are horny in an industry that doesn't look out for them at yeah. that time. I yeah. can't imagine what they're like. All right, you're let's get get you naked, and you're going to be in this closet with eight naked men. Yeah. Ugh, I I I can't like, and it's like it's a close set like that. What the, her always showing up too in these sex scenes where like they have to use the jaws of life to get her out because but the is guy, that her? I think it's the same woman. I Unless thought it's like, because then there's that runner of like that lady who's having sex everywhere at different places, like in, on the raft, and then in on my the table. mind, there are three blonde actresses. I thought they all the look the one. same. I thought there was the woman who is the friend who's like stuck up, quote unquote. Right. She's supposed to be the like the who's, cock blocker. Right. Who becomes a youth minister. She's the famous person, right? Yeah. And then I thought there was the one that Dan Schneider does that fucking violent speech at, who is the one right. who is uh asking for room service all the time. And then I thought the third one, I thought they were a couple. Yeah, thought so too. But so I think that's not the one. So that's a different one. That, I think that's the third blonde actress. I think the running joke of them is she wants to have sex nonstop. So like there's that move where I think Schneider sees them in the car when they arrived. I'm guessing they were supposed to be on their honeymoon. I Yeah. I that think, was a weird where they're laying down in a bed on the back of a limo. And he's that's like, me trying to put them around the block. Yeah. Yes. That's like if you're trying to like banging your van on tour and you're like i guess we'll do it on the amps ew (laughs) um but uh i think she's a different actress so i think there's three sex games going on 
So I, th- but that's the confusing part where I'm like, wait, is the one with the blowjob scene the same as in the closet or not? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to know completely. Uh, uh, and then, so actor wise, I do have to give a shout out. I will say the, tr- uh, the one thing, because I was pretty disappointed in Bronson pretty quickly. Yeah. I was he just like, really get to do his yeah. Bronson like stuff. Yeah. He's doing a, I thought he was doing an impression of a Lower East Side voice, making fun of the other guy. And I was like, wait, is that just his character? Um, nope. And he doesn't have much of a game. Uh, but uh, I was, I, I, it would maybe the only saving grace. Uh, even though, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's an argument to be made for the problematic part of it, but, uh, Steven Stucker, the yeah. actor who played Johnny from Airplane and Airplane 2, who right. was a comedic actor, um, I, I, I might've read, I think was like also like, uh, important in being like he was out, like he was an actually an out actor at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And might have also been the trivia is like he's like one of the first actors to like knowingly like pass away, uh, I think, from HIV. Um, yeah, a year after this, he yeah. passed away. Um, but he was also, you know, he was part of the Kentucky Fried Theater like right. collective, uh, which is why he's like in these movies. But I mean, I love that character in Airplane yeah. so much. Like it's like one of my like it it it's it's it ends up being on that list of like when i think about how certain jokes i write get delivered where i'll be like yeah. oh it's from that like it's like <laughs> what can you make out of this i can make a brooch i can make like his like i truly and so it was like kind of like before everything got reissued we've talked about it when you'd be like man there's only so much john carpenter music i need more to find out that there's like almost airplane light level of that character in this movie, maybe the only saving grace. It's not I mean, great, and they definitely don't use it well. And there's a couple times where you're like, what was the joke there? The joke was just that he's gay and he's... But uh, there's also like, the one that's... But there's a crazy one that's not even about him being gay. It's something about... He's just making a face. Like, and it feels like they just let him improvise. And I, and if in my memory, yeah. I was like, wait, that wasn't even like a gay joke. It's just like they let him just go <laughs> off. And they're like, I don't know, leave it in, whatever. <laughs> but like at the end with the, the manager who came out too, the tacked on ending where you could tell like, oh, they had to add all this. Yeah. The like recap and whatnot. And then like, I, you could tell he didn't like that scene. Yes. You could tell he didn't want to do that scene. Yes. Yeah, and it was like it, uh, it, it. It definitely, yeah, because so yeah, at the the end just ends like, like well, he's doing a recap. Like, well, there's the whole style, thing with like they win the race, maybe, but who gives a fuck? Like, it truly doesn't matter because they just have to reshoot the commercial anyway and lose. Right. So who cares? But yeah, they do a recap. The main guy does a recap, which makes no sense. Yeah, the recap is point who gives a fuck about literally any of them and as you said yeah we find out that that character and the drill sergeant are a couple and you're just like okay yeah but that's, that's the joke yeah and you're like he's like effeminate and he's right like, but he was like an army guy and like isn't it funny how he's talking yeah and, and it's uh, it's it's it stinks because yeah. it doesn't 
weirdly, if you're even thinking in the structure of the joke, like that army guy isn't even that army in the movie. So weirdly, you're not like it's even a soft version of the homophobic joke. Like I didn't I didn't read him in the movie as hyper masculine, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like not as much if you're going to get to that type of homophobic joke in a weird way. Doesn't make sense that they made it being like he's he's there to run the hotel respectively. They have the commercial in town and they have to make sure that they're happy. Everything is accommodated to them. And all of a sudden he's like, but I don't like to lose. And he's going against He's yelling at the the crew and the director and right. It, it like all of a sudden he kind of switches over just because he gets competitive. Is that? I mean, that's the thing that you've all heard us if you've listened to us before do the Cannon Bros rewriting of things. I think this movie you have to do a lot of just like I guess that's usually what the trope is in these movies, right? Like, and that's what it did feel like when he switches over to being on their side. I was just like, don't overthink it, Jeff. Why are you trying to come up with the why? But it is that. You're just like, is it because he's competitive? Why well, we haven't really seen he's that competitive. Like, I mean, it's, apparently he is because that's yeah, what that's he said. He's like, I don't like to lose. and He's competitive for the sake of that this is what happens in these movies. Right. And that ends up being also, again, with these movies, it sometimes is weird where you're just like, towards the end, they up it. But if you're going off of a pure breast sex level i know it's what you said that it's like we are in a desert but there's a surprisingly little amount like there's just not as much breasts as you would imagine for what you have to go through with this movie you know what i mean like to really punish yourself with the ratio of uh sex to dialogue (laughs) or action pieces is not does not insane justify if you do the sex comedy math yeah <laughs> none of it adds up. well like even like that i mean the the whole again like kind of being like why are we still lingering on this there were that part those parts at the end where it just kind of felt like why are we spending so much time in some of these shots or like the soup shot or like when they're f- filming the commercial and he's screaming. You could see the locals in the background, too. Right. And it's like, I feel so bad for these locals having to watch this terrible shit where this director is yelling at them while they're spitting soup into other each other's bowls. And Yeah. Like, was the soup, like, bad, or did the, the staff do something to the soup? Is that what they were preparing? You know what the answer is, Frank? Jokes? Jokes? I do think I think the answer ends up being a lot of times like I guess this is a joke. I'll but tell yeah. you what I did like about this movie though. Lay it on the me. Canon logo. Oh man, yeah, that was a cool. That was like I don't know how. I mean, how come I feel like we don't see this one as much? But like it's like shines and disappears. Pew. It was. Yeah, I I wrote down it was uh slamming. Yeah, Shine that swooped with different music, but also had the canon group, not canon film. Like, it was yeah. like a another in-between transition, yeah. and I was super psyched on it. I loved it. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I loved it more than the rest of the movie, man. I fucking... <laughs> yeah. There's also a part where I, I was like, holy shit, you know how when you said that when you realize that the samples are from certain movies and stuff? Yeah. 
there was a, a a scene, and I can't remember which one it was, but they're showing like the the water and stuff, and you hear this song that goes, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, because uh, there's this DJ duo this during the vaporwave shit, sure. you know, uh, called uh, Tiger and Woods, and they have a song called Gin Nation, and it samples that song. And I was like, that's what the sample is from. That's what it's from. And they use it in, I've talked about it as many times, Smash TV's Turbo. Oh, right. Where they combine all the, like, canon movies and stuff into, like, uh, that mix of music that, like, and that's in there. And I was like, that's where it's from. And then I tried to look it up. And I can't, this is my new fucking uh, Perfect Stranger rally around the moon. Because I can't find this fucker. But it's not a part of the it's a different song than obsession or whatever is that the one i that's think it in? might be because the dave powell songs on there some of them are reused for other ones and i could find those yeah but i couldn't find and i could find the other song too but i couldn't find the one i was looking for that they sampled because i wanted to hear the original one and i was like freaking out because it's like that's the song i mean Body Shop would be my guess. Just going off of no, titles. it's not Body Shop it's because not? that's the one they reused in like three different canon. Movies. Oh, is that the one that's in Ninja Three and it's in, in Man- Nin- yeah, Breaking Ninja Two, 3 I think, and uh, Breaking Breaking two, One, yeah, or, is or it Breaking two? One, one of them, and it's uh, and it's also in. I think it's in another. <laughs> it might be in actually. Four. Now I do remember Body Shop now. So it's not Welcome to the Party. Interesting. I don't know if it's Obsession or Welcome yeah. to the Party, but I tried looking at both of those and I couldn't find it. And I was going to look up and see if the soundtrack was available because I was Man. like, that's where, because it's a cool like groove and sure. stuff, but it's just like, I was like freaking out because I was like, wait a minute. Because it's the YouTube transfer, the music gets a little bit more buried than you would like because you're hoping the music oh, yeah. could save you from this and most of movie. the music is pretty atrocious. In oh it. yeah. I wrote Wow the Sax at one point. Oh um, yeah. I will say too, the jokes style is also inconsistent like i feel like you know we're pretty much wrapping up on this fucking movie there's not a lot to say about like yeah. it, it, like it's kind of like i almost want to just go through and just like hit just like those couple of dumb lines that didn't make any sense um i mean here's the other part too i will say with a lot of these jokes and it goes along with even at this stage that we realize now that the Bill Murray character is kind of like a dick too much in yeah. most of his movies that like, it's not even kind of starting to be not even enjoyable in some of them. Um, and they're taking that and then upping it by a thousand. We're like, you're never on their side because they're all shit bags. It's a, it's definitely got stripes elements yeah. to it. Exactly. And and you don't even have like uh 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 what's his name? Smile. Uh why am I blanking on the Egon's name? Uh fucking passed away. Harold Ramis? Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis. It doesn't even have the charm of Harold Ramis, like yeah. where you're like, I'm not even or John sure. Candy. Or I mean certainly not John Candy. Yeah. I mean that guy could charm amongst the us fucking ever. Seriously. But I like when you've got like, where's your visa? I don't got a visa, I got a master charge. Ugh. When the follow up is like, yeah, but you also need like a visa. So yeah, now you're just asshole. being a dick. Uh, that's my grass skirt is just like weed. Yeah. Like, and you're like, yeah. okay, but you never Lucky smoke joints. later. Uh, another maybe, I was like, is this a, maybe he is supposed to be racist because does he say the weren't you in that Uncola commercial, yes. which is Sprite? But I yeah. think that's supposed to be a racist joke. It is because the the Uncola commercials were like 
uh, I want to say it was maybe I, I I know that they did the lifesavers, but uh, the Lady Black uh, Smith Mombazo. Oh, it has Lady Smith Black Mombazo stuff. I okay. don't know if it, I can't remember if it was that or not, but it's like because it's like the uncola. It's like cola. sure, yes, uncola. Yeah, uh, suitcase so of condoms. Uh, that's just a hardly not a joke. Uh, he says, calls sweetheart to the guy with dreads. That's where I just wrote, this is going to be rough. Yep. Uh, right after that, immediately you're like punished. Yeah. Punished. (laughs) I I wrote soft and racially insensitive all at once right away. Um, I love that Johnny was doing prop work. Uh, Let's see. I wrote Dan the True Monster Schneider. <laughs> um, uh, so this is definitely a Stripes influence sex comedy. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the manager's side. I wrote that a couple times. I kept just being like, "Yeah, do your job. Do your job." Just also, what was the the deal with the Dan Schneider going like, uh, where he goes, um, "What was it? Uh, did we join the Marines or what?" And they all clap. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> now, every time a Diane Schneider joke doesn't make sense, I'm just going to assume it was supposed to be a racist joke, but it's like yeah. using like old timey racism we don't understand. Um, I love Bronson Pinshaw, and he's out of control in this movie. I just wrote that down for myself. I was just like, it's just, I don't know what's going on with him. He's so, just doing this accent, and he's like, but he's not even funny. Like, they yeah. don't even let him be funny. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Bronson's obsessed with accents. They are bad help. What are you doing? My father bought me that. I don't even know what some of my lines here that I wrote. Dan Schneider's so creepy. Oh, enjoying your stay at the Royal St. Tits. I mean, kits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will. I... Is this a Dan Schneider line? My, what a pretty dress. Is it from Sears? Or is that, the, is that a snobs line? My, what a no, pretty dress. <laughs> I know that was when they were talking to the old couple. Oh, yes. Yeah, and her, they were making an old lady joke. And she goes, No, JC Penny. <laughs> Love it. Love it. It was right here. I just kept, I kept, like, this is one of those movies where I realized most of my notes are me reminding myself that it's insane. Like, I just wrote, Movie is frantic. Gotta have a heart attack. Like, this movie's all <laughs> over the place. I also wrote, there might not be a script for this movie. Lots of quiet improvising. Um, when they show the mint, like the college-age guys, you're like, man, back in the 80s, where like, college-age people look 40. Big mustaches and balding. <laughs> when you're, yeah. you're an undergrad. <laughs> like, <huge bald spots. laughs> like, hey, we're 18 and we're in college. Oh, my God. Around here, when you, I wrote that, I also just wrote, will there be a plot? Like, I still was waiting. Yeah. Nope. Uh, when he makes that crazy face, Johnny, it's just, they, the, the manager just says, are you under control? And then he just <laughs> makes a crazy face. And yeah. that's where I was like, I guess they're just letting him go off. Like we're yeah, just like just let him do him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kmart joke. There were a lot. Of, there are two Kmart jokes, right? Sure. Like side by side. <laughs> yes. Being like, okay, I guess that means he's poor. Uh, comical golf. There were definitely just like set pieces where you're just oh, like, all right, this will just yeah. lead into kind of like the the flirting, I guess. Kind of recurring joke. Couple of sex everywhere. Oh, definitely some boom shots. Uh, I definitely saw a lot the boom. of boom shots. Yeah, yeah. a surprising amount uh, at this lady who's pissed at the waiter. Uh, rightfully so. Again, 
Oh yeah, why does this maid want to have sex with him? Had no idea. No, yeah, no clue whatsoever. And then he, why is he so resistant to it? This is again where we want to we want to do our sketch notes where it's just like you can't, uh, you know, two is not a pattern, three is a pattern. Like so, when the if, old guy has this, a mirror, then what? Yeah, the old guy has a mirror in his book to look at chicks, and you're just like, okay, maybe it's a pattern, but not completely. He goes into that. <laughs> room and maybe gets assaulted at one point but well yeah the joke yeah he no he goes in that room to 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 get it on yes and the wife is like no you don't and then like throws the joke of the bodies being thrown across so that was the first kind of like fantastical thing which i thought was kind of funny sure i wish it was more fantastical this movie I mean, if they would have just leaned into like kind of what they did at the end with like the kind of like savage Steve Holland throughout the whole movie, yeah. If it was more absurdist, and you then that would veer more into like the National Lampoons, the uh, Amazon Women on the Moon, like, yeah. type of humor where it's like I don't love it, but it's like at least it's something. There's some funny, sh- or at least the absurdity can like lend uh some kind of good nature to it like just some like i can forgive it a little bit yeah i mean speaking of absurdity who is that guy in the commercial crew that's 80 yard who looks like it could be john glazer under the glasses i don't know like there's a big lizard under my pillow not mine (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know what yeah, I don't know if he was a director, if he was in the crew, a he was writer, the camera operator. Remember, because oh. he keeps like he couldn't get it, and that didn't make any sense whatsoever. My like, God. why can't he focus the camera? And I thought that guy, the director, I thought was Patrick Fabian. Yeah, from uh, Better Call Saul. I thought that was like <laughs> yeah. a young Patrick Fabian, but it wasn't him. He had a um, look of like he looked familiar, of like he's yeah. someone. Yeah. But then, like, uh, I don't, that whole boat scene is like, don't get too close. You're going to knock us over. And it's like, uh, what is going on here? It, it felt like too, it was madcap for the sense of madcap, even though you're like, what? Yep. It's like somebody who, like, you're just like watching walk down the street and all of a sudden, like, they're fine. And they're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Are you all right? Um... <laughs> you, 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 uh, you tripped over nothing. It's these movies too that you like realize like they're so low budget and shit out, but you're also like, wait, you got Jaws of Life and cut a car in half and rented a crane to get the guy whose back got thrown out fucking in a car out of that. Like that scene cost <laughs> a the... lot of money for that joke. Yes. Um And then that poor woman had to be in there naked with all those guys around. Staring too. at Just, her. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. Uh are we going to have sex or what? With my penis, we will have sex, is the line I wrote down as a real line. Um, oh, speaking of racist, when uh-huh. he fires them and he does that whole, like, oh, Jesus, I'm free, and he does the the basic, like, like black oh, voice, yes. and he's like, ugh. Yep. Were all those girls supposed to be sex workers at one point? Those ladies that they were with were like, I was worried Dan's with a Paso, or was it just girls they met? Because I was zoning out. They were just out. girls they met. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I it was just like, there was something in some one of the tones of one of them that I wasn't positive, and I couldn't keep track of what was going on in the movie at this, mo- at this point. Well, what, 
what was the scene where that waiter or the guy attacked that woman because he got mad at her? What was that all about? And then the next the next uh, thing is somebody getting a blowjob under a table. Yeah, and that's remember that the, part? Is that the marriage crew or is that the giving the blowjob on? I guy God, it is so hard to keep track it's of. Hard, yeah, they. Everyone, but then like the yeah. joke is, I guess that the that Dan Schneider's character, the fat guy, quote unquote, is the one getting laid the most. Yep. Can you believe it? He's the one. I can't. You know what? I can't, but it's because of his fucking personality. Like, nothing to do with his body. I can't even fathom. Uh, I couldn't understand why they were in garbage cans for that training, but then I, I realized... I they, wrote that down, too, and he's... But then even they were like, why do we have to... Wait, but then they said, why do we have to keep stomping garbage? And it's like, wait, yeah. you had to do this before that? <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, I got my methods... We've had multiple scenes of garbage stopping. I couldn't help. I just kept writing no stakes over and over. I was like, cool. Yeah. They fell fell over rowing. Who cares? Like, that's it. Who cares? Um, penis rising. Penis rising. <laughs> what is this nerd talk speech? Wow, they love each other. And oh, that, the Ram thing? Yeah, the whole Ram thing. Yeah, which the is, Ram joke. Yep. Yeah, uh, lazy computer ram joke that i believe oh, is you know uh, what yeah i thought was a kind of a disturbing scene in the movie where it's like this is supposed to, you they thought it was funny but it was actually kind of like what the fuck is where they think that the old man is dead yeah and the guy the the manager the other manager comes in and is like daddy don't leave me <laughs> And it's like, this isn't funny. It's supposed to be funny because he's saying daddy. And it's like, no, this is disturbing. He's like upset that yeah. these people are in his house and his father just died. And this guy yeah. is on top of him. It's like. As he should be. And now yeah. we're in a disturbing scene that is not humorous, uh, which is a su- good summary of most of this movie. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah, I want to read this quote because it it's like, one, it could be a garlock style joke where it's like a long walk to get to the joke but you're like it's like my computer's got 64k of ram right now which is okay for two floppies but i want to get a hard drive so i'm going to upgrade to 256k ram then i'll be talking major megabytes i can increase my memory or network so what you really want to do is ram your hard drive into a mainframe do i ever yep sex (laughs) joke it is real rough and uh whole like yeah them uh grading doing the rating of them fucking on the table too savage steve holland touch where you're like not really why every time it gets absurd like that it feels confusing yeah because you're like this wasn't even like really throughout the movie it's just like really like poured on at this last part yes uh and yeah, and that summary at the end, I it I don't I wowzer, Frank. <laughs> what have we set ourselves up for? I can't believe we're watching hot chili right after this. I don't know. Hot chili's gonna be uh hot hot uh hot chili to swallow. Ugh, it's gonna be a hot mess out of my pants and when I throw up watching it. Um <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I I mean it is a uh it's different. It's it's bad in a different way than Pirates, but it's one of the worst movies we've ever watched. I think I, you know, Jeff, it's so funny you said that because I think it's like Pirates is my number one worst canon film. And I think this probably has to, and we've watched some pretty boring, yeah, uneventful kind of canon films where yeah. we're like, 
Yeah, I guess so. But this is like, I would say this is like, uh, like up there with pirates. I don't know if it's it's not as bad, but it's like it's it's in that top five of yeah the worst canon films. I think. Uh, it's like you know, it's a can relate, but like I kept for I think because it's like the same production quality. I was like, I definitely rather would watch Hell Squad. Oh yeah, than this ever. Like Hell I mean, Squad at least yeah. is a little bit more fun. Yep. Even though it's more repetitive, there's just something that's a little bit more charming to Hell Squad than this. It may be, and not in a meta way, but it's maybe a little bit more self-aware and understands what yes. it's doing and is hitting a Russ Meyery vibe at the very least. So even if it's not your thing, like if there's like a kitschiness to it, kind of. Yeah. This, you're like worried it thinks it's good. Like, and then oh, you're it like. it definitely does think it's good. It de- definitely thinks it's up there with Porky's or any of these other sex yeah. comedies. And literally every aspect of it is bad. And the only worthwhile thing is Steven Stucker, or whatever that actor's name is. Like being in just yeah. for the. Like, and for that, I'd rather just have, like, a tiny supercut of some of his scenes just to be like, oh, I just need a little a little burst of more airplane stuff. But it is... With the uh, Canon logo. With the Canon lo- Yeah. I just want to super... Yeah, just the Canon logo at the beginning. That's the best... There you go, people. I mean, truly, the best part of this movie is that Canon logo. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is where we do our rating, though. One to ten Canons. I mean, how Canon, in terms of Canon, is this Canon? I mean, I think it's a, at least a three. Yeah. Because it's got the elements of like rush production, a little bit of a mess. I'm sure like the notes were like more boobs, more this, more sex, you know, like more madcap kind of. We want it to be this, basically, make a movie like this. Yeah. But it just doesn't, it doesn't hold it together as well. And it doesn't have enough of the other tropes of it that I think make it a essential canon. So I yeah. would say like three i'm going with three too because it does feel like uh it almost i know they would say more booze but you know what one of the weird parts is is it doesn't feel like maybe Menachem paid much attention to it like it does fe- not it yeah. feels like one that like it doesn't like it, it has like it has the bits where you're like man how does it look like 1979 1981 when it's 1985 movie but and tone wise but yeah it feels like a little bit i mean this is also 85 so they're now really pumping out pumping out two of the same movie in the same year i don't know if he spent much time like i think his i i would imagine his input was like get boaz to do at least a pass that maybe made it more confusing. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't know. If you're a completist, watch this. Um, we can say yeah. we've watched it now, and we can have a discussion with Austin when we see him at some point. You know about. This. Was there anything in the book that maybe uh, he didn't really that we didn't really cover? Or? No, I think we probably touched upon most of the things he said. Like you know, and he kind of like hit upon. Oh, the main thing uh, that I meant I wanted to note was uh, he does have a photo in there of um, the coming from Canon in 84, which also I think then <laughs> came a year later after that. Oh, wow. There's an ad for it, and it's a weird drawing, and it's like a horrific drawing. Like the art looks like 
<laughs> Almost a variation on like that artist who did the Duran Duran like style, the eighties art, but if you oh, yeah, did yeah, it yeah. more horrific, like it kind of is like nauseating the art, but they the three heads are not the actors in here. It's the it's drawings that are the likenesses of the actors from Lemon Popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't that's a classic canon yeah. move where it's like maybe at one point they thought they'd get them and like reunite it or they're like just like fuck it or something yeah. um I don't know hot resort uh hot resort you know hot resort oh hot resort it doesn't get any hotter until you get that chili so yeah hot resort left me cold <laughs> get my wiener <laughs> Oh man, we need to get lights, camera, Jackson watching these things. Um, so yeah, Frank. I mean, on that note, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one in. And people, uh, truly, Patreon.com/slash the Canon Canon. Uh, look what sane. we're doing. Uh, keep us, keep us sane. This here. was this was a rough one. This and, and this list. We'll 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 see. What's going on? We'll but I mean, we're 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 doing yeah, we'll do it. it. We're doing it, people. We're doing it as yeah. of now. And so, come on, uh, help us out. Uh, uh, we know at the very least you'll have the fun of listening to us. Will we be shifting closer into like a how did this get made territory? Like possibly. Like we'll see with some of these. Um, you know, we try to give as much love as we can, but we'll 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 see what happens here. But Hey. Oh, and also we don't know. I'm uh, I'm looking into it right now. Uh, those Canon shirts got pulled, uh, right. but I I'm looking into another outlet where maybe they will revive. Um, uh, we'll let you know as soon as we have info for that. But until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock, and I'm Frank Garcia Hale, and this is the, the Canon Canon. 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 Canon.